Well, it's so good. We are grateful to be part of this church and, and this fellowship. That, you know, um, it, we, it's always tricky coming home after you know, such a long time. We, we did a lot of transitions over the years, 20 years serving overseas. We, but we always knew we would we'd come back for about a year and then we'd be back on the mission field. But this time it was, it was a little more permanent than that. We, we realized that God was saying, uh, I, want you, I want you to stay put for a while and I have some other plans and I have some other things I want you to do. And Solid Rock was part of that. And so we are just so grateful to be part of this, our, make this our home church, Pastor. And thank you for all your generosity. And you guys are great. And um, we're just so blessed. Um, yeah, what we do uh, as, as ministers and, and missionaries and the work that we are moving into, um, we, we desire to come alongside pastors and missionaries in a support role, providing resources, counseling, coaching, in a crisis, whatever's needed. And so we're really beginning this launching out in faith, believing that God has this, this idea in mind for us in this next season of, of life and ministry. And and so it's just getting started. Uh, we just, a uh, couple weeks ago, hosted a, a missionary family uh, who serve in Estonia. And they came for, we did a re-entry seminar, re-entry weekend with them. And this, this church hosted it. We had it up here in the upper room and, and just had a great time with this, with this family that, uh, how many of you know, in b- big transitions like this, people need support. They need resources to, to, be, to thrive, not just survive and in transition times, and so that's really, uh, we were blessed to be able to do that. We hope to do more of it, and we thank you, just Pastor, for opening up the church for that, and, and just, yeah, we are, we're just blessed to have a home church to serve in, to, to uh, be sent out from, return to, uh, when we come and go, and, and uh, yeah, so thanks for believing in us, and uh, we love you, Pastor Sue and Pastor Don, we, we love you guys. Yeah, um, I want to talk about detours today. I want to talk a little bit about um, how, how uh, we might want to call them perceived detours because I believe that God does have a plan even in the circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in that we scratch our heads and wonder what turn of, you know, how did this turn of, events, turn of events take place? What kind of twist in the road is this? Turn in the road is this? And how, um, how am I supposed to see God in this? How am I supposed to, to walk with God through this? How am I supposed to receive this? And so I don't believe the, the, the question is uh, ne- necessarily when we find ourselves in, in crisis situations, difficult situations, I don't believe the, the, the question is necessarily who done it, because a lot of times we want to find out who did it. How did we get ourselves here? You know, was it, the, was it God who divinely ordained it? Was, was the enemy a part of this? Was, were people in their decisions and, and all of that? But I think there's a deeper question. God, what do you want to do? in this detour, in this detour that I'm on, in this twist in the road, in this turn, on, turn in the road. So I believe there's some part of God's design in detours, in life detours. And, and uh, so I want to look at that today with you. And so we'll be looking at Acts chapter 27, if you want to turn your Bibles to there. Acts chapter 27. Let's just pray together. Father, thank you for your powerful word, your living word. Lord, thank you that it is life and nourishment to our whole being. Lord, and I thank you today that you build up your people, you strengthen your people through the power of your word, and Lord, you've prepared your people as we've come into your presence today in worship. And Lord, 
Let our hearts be like fertile soil that you can take, take your seed and plant it deep and, and let it take root and, and let it result in changed lives, Lord. And thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, like I said, I think a lot of times when these um, surprises hit us in life, sometimes uh, we think they might be detours simply detours, but I think there's more to it than that, and uh, so we may be talking about how we view them, how we view these detours, how we perceive them. God's ways are truly unpredictable, and uh, they're unexplainable to the natural man, and until we begin to see with eyes of the Spirit, and as we walk with God in obedience, we will be scratching our heads a lot of times during these things, and even then, we will find ourselves having to walk, in, walk by faith and not by sight. That's really the whole, the whole part, a big part of the journey. So Paul knew all about detours. Um, you read the book of Acts, you see that this was, this was a, a man who, who faced many detours in pursuing uh, his call, God's call on his life. He was rerouted, he was redirected. Um, he was a prisoner. He was, he was uh, and at this particular place in his life, he, he had was a hunted man. The Jews were trying to kill him. Um, he appealed to Caesar. Uh, he was appeared in Roman courts, uh, but but knew that God had a bigger, an ultimate destiny, uh, and that was that uh, he appealed to Caesar, and he was off off to Rome as a prisoner. And he boards a ship with a bunch of uh, a bunch of other prisoners, and there are nearly three hundred men on this ship, headed for Italy. And um, it, for Paul, this was a, cert, a, a sense of urgency, a sense of destiny for him. He, he, he knew he must go and, and appear before Caesar. That was, that was God's plan. But yet, not knowing what awaited him there, he, he also didn't know what awaited him on this journey to Rome. And he knew, even though he knew it was the next destination in God's plan, or maybe we should say he thought he knew it was the next destination. God had a little detour in mind for him. Um, so as we read on in this chapter, and, and we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to highlight a few points from there. Um, so in Acts 27, we read that um, you know they're they're struggling against the wind, and and they're they're facing a lot of challenges trying to reach their destination. And and in verse 14, it says, "Before very long, a wind of hurricane force came up. It was called the northeaster, swept down from the island, and the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind." So they gave way to it and were driven along. They were driven along. So how do you feel? How, sometimes don't you, do you feel like you're just kind of being driven along by circumstances uh, out of your control? Sometimes we feel that way when we get into crisis situations or when we face a detour in life. We feel like we're just kind of being driven along. And that's exactly what was happening in the physical sense here with Paul and um, this, this uh, shipload of of prisoners and soldiers, and um, they were being driven along. The storm set in motion a detour. How many know storms can do that? They can storms of life can set in motion detours, and uh, we're 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 on. We feel like uh, sometimes we're just along for the ride, but God has a purpose in it. So, what is your storm today? And could God be redirecting you from the safe and comfortable, familiar paths for a purpose that 
only he knows about in a destination that you can't see right now, but that he very clearly sees and knows and has a purpose in that. So as the storm it raged on and, and, and the men, they began to take desperate measures. And sometimes we start doing that too. We start looking for human solutions and natural means to solve a problem. And, and they did what they knew they, the only thing they knew they could do. And they started to lighten the load. They secured the lifeboat. They passed cables under the ship to, and, and lowered the anchor as they were being driven along. They threw cargo overboard. So they lighten their load. Day three, they threw the ship's tackle overboard. So as the storm got worse, desperate measures kept coming out of that. And it says in verse 20, here back 27, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up hope of all, all hope of being saved. Now, we know that Luke is writing this. Paul's companion on this journey was Luke. And uh, so he uses the word we. He was on the boat with them. He was on the ship. And he said, I was there. And it was hopeless. It was hopeless. And so prolonged difficulty, prolonged storms in life can cause us to despair of hope. It causes us to, to lose hope. But I want to encourage you today that there is a nevertheless in that equation. There is a nevertheless something that must happen in God's providence. And I want to look to that and point, point us toward that today by the Spirit of God. After they had gone, this is verse 21. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete, then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. I like this little, little, little jab, I told you so, from Paul. Uh, he knew that they were on a journey of, of uh, it was going in the wrong direction. So he kind of says that to start. I, I told you so, but now, he, he goes on, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel, the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that will happen, in, in God that it will happen, just as he told me. Yeah. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So Paul spent time in the Lord's presence that night before. And Pastor, you brought up a good point at uh, the close of our early service that it's time in God's presence that gets us through these hard times. Ultimately, Paul stood before the Lord before he stood before those men. He, st he had time in God's presence to get a word from him. And he could confidently stand before those men and say these words to them. He, got, he received encouragement from God. God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. You know, there are people on this journey with you, in your workplace, in your family, other relationships, that God has graciously given you those lives, entrusted to you, given us as stewards over them. And God wants us to have a word for them in season, just like he had a word for these prisoners on the ship. 
God wants us to give a, have a word in season for them, but it takes standing in the presence of God before we stand in the presence of men. Don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand. He knew that he must stand before Caesar, but he had no idea that in the journey of reaching that destination, he would be faced with this situation. So much like our lives. So much like how our planning goes at times, isn't it? So keep up your courage. That didn't let Paul waver in his faith one bit. He said, I have faith in God. It'll happen just as he told me. But there's a nevertheless. There was a nevertheless. So the 14th night, the days go by. They struggle on an open sea. And finally on the 14th night, they drop anchors and they prayed for daylight. They were desperate. But God... And by, that, by this time, God had given... Paul, uh, Paul authority to speak in these, in, into this situation. He, he had Paul giving orders and encouraging the men, a prisoner. Uh, so for Paul, this was just another assignment on his way to the destination. What if we were to see detours, rather than simply detours, as assignments on our journey to that next destination? Assignments from the Lord, assignments that the Holy Spirit has given to us these detours are. We've had many of them in our lives, many detours, a few. <laughs> and when we've seen God move is when we've seen, we've seen this pers perspective shift and seeing them not simply as a detour, a distraction, and a, a disruption, but an actual opportunity, an actual uh, destiny that's, that God has in mind for us for this time. And he has that in mind for you too. Whatever situation you're in today, God has, his, God has his hand on it. God has his hand on you. God has a purpose in it. Paul's destination was Rome, but his nevertheless situation was a storm-tossed ship with nearly 300 heathen men on board and a shipwreck on a heathen island called Malta. So was that a detour? Or was that by God's design? We can look at scriptures and we can see a multitude of characters in the Bible that, are, that, are, that had these detours in their lives. Uh, we, look at, we look at Abraham, we look at Moses, Joshua, Joseph. We can look at all the characters in the Bible. We can look at, I was thinking of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and uh, how she responded to the angel's visitation and the word that was given to her that she would have a son. He would be the Messiah. And she responded in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled. But she had no idea what her nevertheless situations would entail, did she? As she raised this son, as she saw him being uh, ridiculed and persecuted and cast to the side and even rejected by his own uh, family and ultimately hung on a cross, she had no idea what those what the nevertheless for her would entail. And so we can, we, we can embrace God's promises, and we should, and, and we can still know the reality of disruptions, of detours. As a matter of fact, that's if, if we embrace God's promises, watch out, detours will come, disruptions will come, distractions will come, because the enemy wants nothing more than to get us off track. But at times, so at times, it may even look like the enemy has won, that he has the upper hand. I'm sure that's what Mary thought when, he was, when her son 
Jesus was on the cross. Did the enemy win? On the path to our destination, we come up against nevertheless situations, and they feel like detours, obstacles to prevent us to, to our dest, from reaching our destination, but not necessarily, as Paul found out here. So what is God up to in these nevertheless situations? Let's look here at, at, at uh, a few points. Number one, God's detours are designed to advance His cause. God's detours are designed to advance His cause. You see, God has a cause. God has a purpose that is beyond uh, what we can even dream up or imagine. And, and, and we know that uh, it is ultimately, if, when we sign on to this walk of faith and to this journey with Him, uh, we've signed up to advance a cause that is bigger than our own. And... Uh, it's, it's filled with obstacles. It's filled with, uh, with uh, detours. But God wants to give us a knowing in our spirits. He wants to give us a confidence, a steady confidence in His favor and His provision. When others around us are, are adrift on a sea of desperation and hopelessness, God wants to be, make you that individual with a steady confidence and a word in season for those who are needing it in such desperate times. God wants to give you that word. God wants to make you that person of influence. So, Paul was not uh, you know, being a doomsday prophet here. He was calling it like he saw it. And he warned them. He said, I can see that the voyage is going to be disastrous. It's going to be great loss to ship and cargo and for our own lives also. But, and God at times will give us supernatural insight into, and creative solutions to a problem. He loves to do that. He loves to give his people creative ideas. He loves to impart wisdom. He loves to do that. He loves to pour that out on his people. And the men, in the process, the men took note of Paul and they found courage from a prisoner. And I was thinking about how the authorities uh, took note that the disciples had been with Jesus. They had been with him. Acts 4.13, I think this is on the slide here. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love that. They were astonished. They took note that these men had something deposited in them that made them stand out, the different they had an impact because they had been with Jesus. They had influence because they had been with Jesus. You have influence as you walk with Him. As you spend time with Him, you have influence. You have opportunity that opens up to you because God knows that you have deposited in you something that you can give and pour out to others. God, and, and so people, the questions start coming in desperate situations, I'm sure, all around, Paul and, and even Luke on that ship, uh, as followers of Christ, all, the questions were, they were bombarded with them. Does God, does God see? Does God know? Does God care? Um, they were, hear, heard the men crying out to their, heathen, to their pagan gods um, to try to save them. God had a word for these men through Paul. He said, not a hair on your head will be lost. And you and I can speak with that same prophetic voice to people, especially to those around us who need to witness 
His love and concern for their lives. God cares. God loves me. I'm not really sure of that at this time. Can you show me? Can you tell me? So God will take us on these divinely guided detours in order to accomplish His greater purposes. And He'll put us in situations where we're the only ones who really know how to exercise faith and speak faith into the situation. So proof of that is if we were to move on into Acts chapter 28, we won't do that today, but I encourage you to look at, at, at some of the results, um, the proof of, of uh, this little detour of, of, the, of Paul's and being stranded on that island and what it accomplished. But if you fast forward to that shipwreck and what took place on the island, you see that, first of all, Paul is, is gathering firewood and, and for a fire, and, and a viper latches onto his arm, and, and he shakes it off and, and suffers no ill effects. And so the islanders are amazed. They, they consider, well, first of all, they think when, when they see a, a viper has, has uh, attached itself onto him, they think he is a really bad person because destiny wouldn't allow him to escape, you know. So they think he's really bad. And, and then he shakes it off and suffers no effect. And then they think he's a god. And so their, re, their theology was a little off, but um, God was working in that situation. God was using this as, to advance his cause. And then he has an appointment with a, with a public official on the island. And come to find out this, this official's father is sick in bed and, and God, God uses Paul to go pray for him, and, and God raises this man up and heals him. And then all, it, says in, it says later on that all the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. Because of a detour, the gospel came to an, a heathen island, a place where the gospel had not, uh, as we, that we know of, had, had come before. That island, by the way, is, is uh, 98% uh, Roman Catholic now, uh, so it's really interesting to see. I, I don't know how it started out, but but uh, the gospel came to that nation. The gospel came there because of a detour. Detours raise up God's servants, advance God's God's cause. So God det- God's detours also are designed to save lives. Miraculously, I love it, that not one of those nearly 300 men on the ship perished in that shipwreck. Not one. And those were rough seas. Those were rough seas. Not one perished to fulfill the word of the Lord through Paul. Not one hair of your head will be harmed. And that's just in the physical sense. I don't know what God did in the, spiritually in the lives of these men. I'm sure some... Uh, there, there were some amazing uh, results there as well. But does, a, but does a situation seem like a, a sinking ship to you in your life? And I'm sure it wasn't easy for Paul. He, he was count, but he, you know, even in the process, he was counting his blessings. He was thanking God publicly, even when all hope seemed lost. He gathered those men around him, and ver, uh, verse 34 He says, now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. And after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. And then he broke it and began to eat. And they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. This is in the middle of a storm. He pauses to thank God and to have some bread with these men. 
to encourage them and to remind them of God's promise. You know, it reminds me of, of the life of Joseph. And we know that Joseph had many detours in his life as he was sold by, uh, into slavery by his brothers. He became the second in command in Egypt. And uh, through a lot of detours along the way, a lot of uh, difficulties, a lot of uh, challenges, a lot of suffering. But look at Genesis 50, 20. Look what he says to his brothers after he rescues them out of famine and brings them to Egypt. He says to his brothers, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. <laughs> the enemy can't, can't mess with God's plan. If we are on track, if we, if we stick with God through the journey, through the ups and downs, through the challenges, through the difficulties, through the storms, the enemy can't mess with he can He can try. But the ultimate result will be God-given glory in advancing His cause because detours are meant to save lives. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10 Jesus came to seek and save the lost and He will do everything in His power. Everything in His power to make sure that happens. And He'll even allow inconvenience, disruptions, dangers in the lives of His people. I was thinking about this from a personal experience um, living and serving in Tajikistan uh, we we served, lived and served in Tajikistan for about 16 years, and um, how, everybody, of course, remembers 9/11, and it was two, 2001, I believe, when 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 that took place, and uh, we were in Tajikistan at the time, and we had our work cut out for us in Tajikistan. We had a lot of projects going on. We had a lot of work in the church. We had a lot of things happening there, and we were called to that country. But when 9-11 took place, uh, we realized that God was opening a door through this distraction, seemingly a distraction, a detour in our lives. And uh, the, when the war happened at, at the hot spot, really what happened was it all took place in northern Afghanistan, just across the border from us, um, where we were in the capital city of Tajikistan. So just a three-hour drive from us, and then a, a little a river, uh, crossing the river on a ferry would, would take us into northern Afghanistan. And as a humanitarian organization with the goal to see lives changed, um, that was our real purpose, to see the gospel go forward, to advance God's cause, um, we decided that it, we would go establish a work there in northern Afghanistan. And this was... Uh, just after, just uh, days really after 9-11. And because all the other doors for help had, had closed, uh, Afghanistan from other countries, uh, the humanitarian routes uh, that they would normally come in to, to provide aid and distributions were closed. Um, journalists were trying to get in. And you know, the only door that was open to get to, to northern Afghanistan was through Tajikistan. So we started seeing all these journalists coming through the airport and trying to find their way to northern Afghanistan and, and different humanitarian workers and all this. And as believers in Christ, we saw an open door 
to establish something new in unknown and unfamiliar territory. It was a detour. It was, in some ways, a big obstacle and a, and a huge crisis, and yet God was saying, go. And so it wasn't long after that, I found myself on a, on a three-hour drive to the border, and then on this rinky-dink little ferry that took us across the river into northern Afghanistan. I find myself on this ferry with, with uh, journalists from different, I, I remember a CNN journalist and different, different uh, journalists were on this ferry trying to get over and get the, get the story. And here we were trying to establish a work for the kingdom. And uh, <clears throat> I knew we were in trouble when we went, came into this little village and uh, we were looking for a, a house to rent uh, uh, that we could convert to a base of operations uh, uh, for our projects. We would do things like uh, distribute uh, clothing and food, and, and um, it's very tangible, you know, practical things. We would do build roads and uh, eventually started building schools there. So there was a lot of different things we eventually ended up doing, but we were just trying to get established. And I'm in this house with a couple of my friends, and we were looking at it as a potential place to, to rent. The landlord is trying to tell us all the you know, benefits of it. And of course, it's 9-11. It's, it's war-torn Afghanistan. What are the benefits of, of this place? And I'm looking around and all the glass, the, the windows are shattered. There's, there's broken glass everywhere. And, and we're thinking, we didn't, you know, we, uh, we were going to ask, you know, the landlord, why all the broken glass? And are you going to take care of this? And and, but we didn't even have to ask because when shortly after we were touring, we were looking through the building, a bomb you know, went off just, just down in the valley below us and rocket fire was going off and the, the whole house shook. you know. And I, I realized in, then and there that it was actually that was causing the, the windows to, to bust out. So uh, believe it or not, we rented that place. We were there for a few months only. God sustained us, protected us. We got, we got things established there. But we eventually moved, moved into another part of northern Afghanistan, which was a little, more, um, a little more peaceful. But a detour? Well, I could tell you, yes, at first it looked like a detour. But as I look back on it now, that opened the door for, for single missionaries, for f- even uh, a couple of our family uh, missionaries to move out from Tajikistan and to base themselves in northern Afghanistan to be a long-term presence there. And to this day... We have workers serving there in a lot of different capacities. So detours are divine destinies, are opportunities for God. I even think of the time this, um, this past season of our time in Turkey. We were there for three years serving in Turkey. And sometimes it's, it's not us w- walking on these detours, but it's us being there for people who are on detours. And uh, as... Eve can tell the story better, but she was uh, counseling refugee women, Syrian refugee women who, would, who were coming out of war-torn Syria into to Istanbul, and uh, these were certainly women and families who were on a big-time detour, and God placed Eve in that situation to be, to be a source of encouragement and hope for women on a detour. So sometimes God has us in a place to be there for people in a detour situation. Jesus came to save lives. God's detours are designed to save lives. Let's look at this next point. God's detours are designed to highlight His miraculous provision. 
His miraculous provision. When we follow God's instruction instead of our own limited resources, we're most likely to witness His provision. I love this in verse 30 of Acts 27. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. They cut the ropes that held the lifeboat. Ever felt like you've had to do that? Cut the rope, the only thing that seems safe and secure? Or maybe you've had the rope cut for you. (laughs) I've been there a few times as well. But either way, when we cut the ropes on the very thing we're trusting to save us, we step into a new place of God's provision. We step into a new realm of opportunity to see God miraculously provide. So sometimes when those ropes are cut, we despair that there's, that was our source. That was the thing we trusted in. That was the thing that we were banking on to, to get us through this hard time. Or maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was something else. But, but those things are not our source. God is our source. And sometimes when the ropes are cut, he puts us into this place of being able able to lean on him, lean into him, trust him, to provide in miraculous ways. There's a a story about a ship that was, uh, a ship was wrecked, and the only survivor washed up on a small uninhabited island And he was exhausted. He cried out to God to save him. Every day he scanned the horizon, searching for help. Finally, he managed to build a rough hut and put his few articles in that hut. One day, coming home from hunting for food, he was stung with grief to see his little hut in flames and a cloud of smoke. The worst had happened. But early the next day, a ship drew in and rescued him. And he asked the crew, How did you know I was here? They replied, we saw your, your smoke signal. <laughs> I love that. Maybe, maybe the difficulty you have now is a smoke signal, and that'll lead you to great blessing. <laughs> you believe that? Let's believe that. Whatever difficulty we're facing, uh, might it be a smoke signal? What, might it be something that uh, un- we're ma- unaware of, but that God is using to get, bring salvation, to bring hope, to bring provision, to bring whatever we need. What ropes need to be severed? Ropes of false security and provision traded in for God's miraculous provision. Amen. So detours open the door for divine provision, for miraculous provision. And I don't know how God is going to do that this year in this year of Exodus. pastor was talking about 2.6 million and, and uh, could be more. God, God, ha- God knows, and God knows what he's up to. And, uh, and, and he's going to provide in ways that we even can't see. He may lead us down some, uh, some uncharted, in some uncharted territory, unfamiliar paths, but all that's to open up the door for his provision. I'd like the worship team to, to come. And, and I, as I just kind of cover this last point here. Detours are designed to grow our faith and trust in Him. 
Paul says, or, or uh, Isaiah 42, 16, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Hallelujah. You're, on, you're maybe in some uncharted territory today. You're maybe on an unfamiliar path. God wants to assure you that He's got your back. He wants to assure you that He's leading by ways you don't know along unfamiliar paths He's guiding. I love this from Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. It's interesting how God, out of Exodus, led His people. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. He didn't take, lead them down the shorter, more direct route. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert toward the Red Sea. Through a desert, desert times, twists and turns in the road, detours, they're all opportunities for God to stretch to help stretch our faith, our trust in Him, to, to help us to lean in closer to Him. They become lessons. Detours become lessons in unfamiliar territory. And they force us to trust Him. And as we trust Him, He's going to level the ground before us. He's going to take us into deeper, a deeper walk with Him. He's going to use our lives to touch others around us. Whatever whatever your lot today, whatever your needs are, wherever he's leading, whatever unfamiliar path you're on, can I encourage you with these first two verses of, of it is well with my soul? It says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though the trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has, re Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you today that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. We sent, praise you today that you shed your own blood for our souls. We praise you today that you have given us a lot in life that is in you and Christ is safe and secure. Because we have an ultimate destiny, Lord, with you, Lord. So, Lord, help us to take each day as an opportunity, even in the detours, to see you in new ways, to walk with you in new ways, to, to partner with you in new ways, Lord. Stretch our faith, grow our faith. Lord, let us be a people that lean into you wholeheartedly, trust you through the trials and through the difficulties, through the victories as well. Lord, thank you for your provision in our lives. Yeah. Thank you for coming through miraculously for those in need today. Lord, they're on a detour, 
a financial detour. God, would you come through and meet the needs in miraculous ways? The ropes have been cut. Lord, would you come through and bring in a new source of provision, Lord? Lord, we trust you today. We look to you today. We thank you for your word today. In the powerful name of Jesus. God's people said, Amen. 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 May you stand and let's just worship the Lord. Pastor, I'm going to hand it back to you.